You were saying? Nothing. I don't feel like talking anymore. Tongo is a game of strategy and calculated risk. I don't even know the rules. Oh, here. All right, let's play. I'll do it. Now let's talk about what I want. I want out now. Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we're going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the 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 deepest and most heartfelt of all the <laughs> Deep Space Nines. Uh, anyways, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Glad to hear that. <laughs> Anyways, we are talking about an episode called Change of Heart. Yes, this is episode 16 of season 6. It originally aired March 4th, 1998, and here is the IMDb description. Worf and Jadzia travel to the Badlands to procure some information on the Dominion from a traitorous Cardassian. Bashir wants to engage in a hollow sweet spy simulation, but O'Brien prefers to brush up on his Tongo game after watching Jadzia lose to Quark. Um, I like how in that in that description, Bashir and O'Brien's shenanigans gets the bulk of the... <laughs> yeah, right. And they kind of gloss over the, the, th- the thrust of this episode. I gotta tell you... I think this is a fine Star Trek up. I think this is a fine episode. I, I well after last week, I'm like, you know what? I'm wary about jumping in too hot about any of uh, how well I might th- think about this yeah, one. You, you went after us last week. I know. I still. I yeah. Y'all are wrong, but uh, <laughs> or you know, but opinions vary. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is a this is a good episode. This one's this, this is a pretty good one. I thought like like I yeah this one I also think is pretty well done. And if you don't agree, that's that's fine. But cards <laughs> on the table, James. Where do you land on this episode? I'm, I'm kind of like I'm kind of like Doctor Manhattan with this one, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, I think this the 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 thrust of this episode is basically how do a how do a mar- working couple married working couple work in a paramilitary organization <laughs> when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Which is a at least that's a central question about the world in which they live that they're thriving to like they're striving to answer. Yeah, like yeah. this is right? a, this is a Worf episode. You love Worf, right? This is and I mean I was I was there for this yeah. I was a question of what is their marriage relation and work relationship like and and I Really oh, like this one. This answered it. It's they... answered it pretty well, I thought. But yeah, no, I uh, I'm surprisingly numb to this episode. I didn't hate it. Uh, I hated the B plot a lot. Okay, but it's unimportant. Th- but I in didn't... defense of the B plot, real <laughs> okay. quickly. Yeah, this is one of the more believable shenanigans episodes we've had from like Team O'Brien and Bashir. Yep. In the sense that we actually got some, there's there's two things that I thought were handled handled actually well, you know, and th- that's not my thing usually. You know, I don't care for them as a as a comedy team <laughs> right. or whatever, right? Uh, but there's off top my my head. There's two things I liked about that B plot, and then we'll move on to the thing at large. <laughs> Whenever O'Brien is trying to convince Bashir to play Tongo with him. And Bashir says, I don't even read Tongo. And he goes, well, here's the rules. And they do this bit where he looks at the screen for five five seconds <laughs> and then gives it back. He's like, okay, let's play. <laughs> yeah, all right, I got you. Mm-hmm. I like that because it showed a level of confidence that the writer's room had with the audience. There was like no half measures. with what They trusted the audience fully to understand that his genetic ability was at play. Yeah, you know, with reading it that fast, mm-hmm. so I I like that there was no there was no hand holding, um, 
And it also telegraphed that we're not supposed to take this Tongo shit too seriously. <laughs> the second thing I, I liked about it was they actually did a pretty good job of showing O'Brien's frustration with Keiko being gone and yeah. his legitimate need to fill that time with something <laughs> that even if it make the more impossible the task, the better anything to numb the feeling of being so goddamn alone on that spaceship mm-hmm. yeah. or that space station. And even just, it spoke to a greater need that even just like dicking around with Bashir wasn't going to fix, you know. So I, I like that about this B plot. It gave me a little, a little you're bit you're of not, you're, you're not wrong, but wouldn't it be nice if um, it resolved? What, what are you talking about? No. What are you talking about? Yes. Like, yes. I, yes. like, I feel like it's two thirds of a story. Right. Yes. Yeah, it just, it's uh, the structure where it's just Baby the, steps the end of the Everything second. I liked about it was on the front end of that. I think I just. <laughs> that it just, it, it has like the second act fall from grace or whatever that, uh, you know, that where he fails, but then they're just like, oh, well, <laughs> like the, the rise, the perseverance and the rise above uh, failure part of the See, story just didn't you, happen. I don't, I think we have, oh man, I'm starting to get. Uh, again. Oh my god, if we, you're gonna get pissed at me for my almost nothing feelings about this episode. No, I mean, we, no, just, you're I'm doing just, this wrong. No, now you're starting to piss me off. No, I'm just pointing out that we have very different ideas of what a resolution can be. Like, you're like, oh, it, he, he lost and they didn't do anything. Like, where this, this whole B plot with Julian, especially, I feel like the writers for this show are struggling so hard to figure out Bashir. They're just like all over the place. And then they've they were having trouble and then they wrote him as an augment and now he's an augment and then like now they're struggling. Okay, uh how do we get back on we're trying to find this line with him and his an augment, but then how do we get back to his central humanity? And then that so in this one, oh well, okay, he's good at math, but he's bad at people. And that's kind of where O'Brien is like Look, you can do all the math to win at Tongo, but I'm going to be your strategy guy because you don't read people well enough. Because you're, mm-hmm. and then at the end of it, you know, it's not that he loses, and oh, the whole point was beating Quark, and they don't beat Quark. That's how that doesn't resolve anything. It's like they're the at the end of it, he's like, damn it, I should have won, and you know, and O'Brien is more like, hey, you know what? It's okay that you lost because. You know, I see what Quark was doing with you, and he was uh, he was manipulating you, and your failure in that respect just to me shows your humanity, and brings the humanity of your character out. And you know what? Yeah, it's okay if you don't win them all, like because at least I got to see your humanity. And and but it also goes back, and it's also a bit of a bit step back in that we're bringing back that he's mooning over. Jadzia again, which I thought he got over that, but like, oh, well, that's the thing is that he'll never get over it. I know, yeah. That seems like sometimes I mean, that's the thing that they have to actually. If he if he didn't moon over Jadzia in this episode, some later episodes would seem kind of weird. Oh yeah, yeah. he but, almost has to moon over him just to keep up the that. Oh, and by the way, that going. was absolutely going on behind the screens. Terry Farrell had already quit the show by, by this episode. So what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's that possible? Yeah, like, okay, because that was this episode. I thought this episode was the episode. Yeah. So I was getting... She wanted it to be. It it seemed like it was going to be, right? So, okay, wait a minute. Tell me what was going on behind the scenes. I know that there was was contract. I know she wasn't renewed to come back for season seven, definitively. Yes. Yes. But I thought that there was still room for them to do it at the end of the season. They just hadn't done it yet. Not according to her. According to her, she was off. She's like, I wanted to stay, but uh, that wasn't going to happen, and I knew that by the time we started filming this episode. And she said that she didn't know why they didn't just kill her. I mean, this is kind of spoilery, I guess, for fans. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, because there's that's that spoiler. I mean, I mean, I assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you've already listened to our Becker yeah. podcast, where we went through <laughs> yeah, every right. episode, every season of Becker. We've had soft spoilers. This, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not. She's, I don't... Let's just leave it. Just leave it as she's not in season seven guys just yes. <laughs> hate to break it to you we won't say much more terry than farrell is not in the yeah uh yeah so okay so let me answer your thing here nothing you said about that story is a plot and any sick in any it's conventional a fu- sense it is a plot it is a it's it, it's like the whole point wait 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 so according okay so your plot is that uh, a, our main character 
O'Brien sees something that and decide he sees like a, a a monster that needs to be slayed, and in his boredom he wants to slay that monster. And in his plan, it's to snare his friend, the computer, to slay the monster. And when he does, it doesn't work. That's like, that's like, not a plot. Th- you you can describe you do this every time and say it's not this other thing. So therefore, my my that's my argument. But it is a plot. It's it's just exploring character. It's not resolving in the way that okay all yeah, plots plot doesn't ha- every story doesn't ha- always have to resolve. In a if you're writing a, in a satisfactory if you're writing a dumb plot about people trying to win a, a hand of poker but it's not it's a about plot, it's a, a plot a traditional plot hill it is a traditional plot like it's the type of plot at they the don't end overcome wh- anything they do it doesn't it's not about overcoming what did they overcome it's not about winning the game it's about like exploring the characters but what did they and, overcome they overcame. One the the need to win. They overcame his boredom. They it's not about it's it's not it's about learning something about yourself. It's not about overcoming a plot obstacle. Okay. And they learn something about each other about themselves at the end of it. And just because it doesn't set up a plot, like just because they don't beat a monster at the end of it, doesn't negate it. It's you know, and it's a B plot too. Like yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It was fine to me that you go through a plot of them trying to win a game, and then at the end they're like, "Ah, oh, we didn't win, but that's okay. That's fine to me." A little bit of the story behind it is is that he was commissioned to write the B. That he was told to write the B plot, and because Moore had, uh, wrote some episode shit. What was it? Oh, the one where uh, where Burial dies. But also Jake and Nog are mean to Lisa Turtle's friend. Uh-huh. And because that goofy plot <laughs> lasts into the last moments of Burial dying in the story, basically Moore was saying that I was going to write a B-plot and I was going to write it as... Cons- and basically it's over by the halfway point. I mean, there's no more B-plot after the 20-minute mark or whatever. Sure. And so he basically just wanted to get it out of the way. That's fine. Before it got to the sad stuff at the end, or the more intense stuff. Sure. So, I mean, even then, that was a... But that's not a cop-out. It's just, like, the structure. It's a weird... I think what they tried to do, they tried to weave the love of Jadzia in two arcs. But from your argument, like, Rocky is a bad movie because he loses at the end of it. It's like... No. What the fuck? God. Okay. Your whole point is like that they don't overcome the monsters, is what you were saying. Well, he, they don't even try. They do, and he does it, and he gets thwarted by Quark. Hey, man, and he's beating himself over losing, and where Brian's like, hey, don't beat yourself up over it. We we both kind of learned something here. It's a story. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I think that what they were trying <laughs> to do with the B plot was sort of make it about Jadzia. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that was sort of the point of it. Yeah, and it isn't, but that isn't 100%. I don't know. You're Okay. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. Well, no, it doesn't work. I Like I said, what I liked about it was at the front end of it, I liked the call to adventure aspect of it at the beginning. The execution, I, they were. I'm like, oh, this is cl- clearly something else is going on here. Like they shift, it was like a hard gear shift yeah. because it became about the feelings in the room for Jadzia bubbling to the, to the top yeah. and how this crew was going to deal with that eventually. Right. For others, like for like, like long roadmap type stuff. It was bringing back up that too. Yeah. So it's a setup for five episodes of the season. Seven. Yeah. 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 Well, well, yeah. I mean, I saw it setting that up, but I don't trust, that the writers have all that plotted out in their head far enough. They they might, but it's like, this also... See, I don't know if they did or not. I, I, don't, I actually don't But even. I was just viewing it for this episode itself as a little B-plot that mm-hmm. worked fine for I me. I think, okay, so we've come to, after after six years, we come to the c- conclusion that I, I like more structured things if it's not going to be really good and ambitious. You know, at least conform to the basic structure so I can kind of like... I don't know. That's the way I, I feel. I still don't understand. Well, you like it when things achieve what they set out to do. Yes. That's what, and that's I can't, what you're saying. And I can't tell what this was trying to achieve. I think it has... Because it set up beating Quark at Tongo, and when they don't beat Quark at Tongo, it was like frustrating for you. If then it becomes about Julian's inter- interpersonal inadequacies. I don't know. Like, I don't... What? What? What is it about? That's what I was like when I was talking about before. Like, 
it's them writing and struggling how, trying to lock down Julian's character again for again maybe, not a, maybe but that's for, not a plot but it's it's character work that I appreciate it's, it's like a character it's like a character arc yeah it's not suppose, like a, but I don't even think it arcs it, they tried you find out that he still suffers from shit and there's no yeah and they're like everybody's like yeah okay why don't we go the B plot obviously <laughs> it has some deficiencies I think we can all say it's not perfect but yeah i won't harp on the b plot defending it because i think whatever (laughs) it is what it is i think the a plot is an interesting idea and i'd like to go through that i think that what i liked about the a plot is it it asked a central question which has sort of been on my mind for a while there like how could these two people work together Mm -hmm. yeah and have everything like click along and it softly Asked that at the beginning when they're getting ready for bed, and she's like, "I how how long are you going to be doing running your drills tomorrow? Because I need to do some techno babble, and I need your drills to be over for that." Oh, so yeah. I can, and he's like, "I should be fine." And she's and she's like, "Oh, good, okay." And I think and I thought to myself, like, that's an example of when everything runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. And then they're forced to go on their adventure together through spy shenanigans. And they get in the little squabble on like the long car ride to the shenanigans, <laughs> and then you're, th- and then I think to myself, oh, see, I could see how like they smoothed it over, right, with jokes and whatnot, oh, you know, because yeah, that's yeah. when Worf makes his joke. I, mm-hmm. I have a sense of humor. I have a sense of humor. Yes, but I could see how they're sort of getting on each other's nerves, like on the clock. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's doing these little vignettes. Of what ifs, I guess. Yeah. Between their relationship on the yeah, and I thought that that was kind of yeah. I I mean this this episode for me and in relation even the last episode was a weird O'Brien story all by himself, and this one was kind of isolating. This is Dwarf and Dax, and it's like oh now that they're we're back in the wartime situation and we're following the characters in what they're doing now that their life is disrupted a little bit by the war. Like, at the beginning, Cisco's not even on the station. He's off doing warship with the Ninth Fleet. Right. And Kira's in the baseball room giving out orders, and then O'Brien and Julian are trying to keep themselves busy, and O'Brien, his life is also disrupted, and he's missing his wife, so he's finding things that keep himself occupied and Julian's doing the same and we, we get a little bit this of... This is like the third episode in a row where Odo's dialed down. Oh yeah, is he in this at all? Odo's not in it. Yeah. He's not in it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty damn dialed down, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty dialed down. <laughs> he's he's hanging out with Ciroc in the, in yeah, the right? bar outside of... Yeah. But he's in his bucket, I guess. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Generating or something. Jillian's in his dumb James Bond outfit because they can't actually do those episodes anymore because of of uh, copyright issues. They're just like, uh, let's play Tongo instead. But then, yeah, then you have Worf and Jadzia, who they're the highest ranking guys left on the station, it feels like. And then they're just like, and then it's like they're domestic stuff. I like all the Jadzia and Worf interactions. I like Terry Farrell is the best when she's doing relationship stuff is it me or do these two actually have chemistry these two actors i think they do yeah it's a very strange and interesting chemistry Mm -hmm. because their character i mean it's one of the bits of magic that they have working is that they're so against type and it is tragic because finally over the last couple of years i mean terry farrell is now like the third She's got the third best grip on her character of any actor in the show, I feel. Mm-hmm. Or, or I mean, I, O'Brien's got a, got a grasp on his character, but he, it's a blander character. Uh, she's a vivacious, she brings energy to scenes that she's in, much needed energy sometimes. Yeah. And outside of Brooks and Shimmerman, she's yeah. a whole, I mean, she's the most magnetic, third most magnetic personality on this show. Right, right. And, and consistent. And, mm-hmm. you know, like like I said, the writers still seem to be, like, struggling to get a, a handle on Julian without his character wriggling out of their grasp. But Chadzia is pretty s- solid. I'll say with Julian, I mean, in this, I've constantly, I'm sorry, I'm just constantly, like, this ain't, the, this ain't a writer's problem anymore. That I mean, you can only give, at some point, an actor in a, in a serialized show just has to take the fucking character and run with it. Oh, maybe, but... And I feel like that, I mean, 
Sadiq uh, is 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 one of the more limited actors in the Star Trek canon, I think. Well, yeah. And I don't, I didn't, I just, I didn't realize that when I first watched it. I think I thought higher of him, but now I, you know, I feel like right. he's really lumping right. and always has been. I, I mean, I probably agree with you, but whether he is or not, it's still, the writers are responding to that, I think, because they keep trying to change it and trying they to keep trying to regulate it to, to make, find it something that really is working and, mm-hmm. you know, Maybe if the actor can help with that sometimes, you know, but I don't know. But I don't want to. This the, That was the B plot. We shouldn't spend the whole episode ragging on Bashir, mm-hmm. <laughs> as is our usual want. Yeah, but I mean, uh, T- Terry Farrell is the best thing about this episode. She's the mm-hmm. best thing about a lot of episodes she's been in for a while now. And yeah, I mean, it's good for Becker, but it's. <laughs> yeah. It's bad for the show. What's about that? You know, what's coming. So. <laughs> well, let's just talk about what works in this one right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the they're arguing about their honeymoon, and oh, that the Enterprise must. I, whenever I just appreciate whenever they can make a jab at the next generation. <laughs> when he's like, I was considered very uh, humorous on that ship. It's like, well, that ship must have been really dull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the Enterprise, I was considered to be quite amusing. That must have been one dull ship. That is a joke. I get it. It is not funny, but I get it. Yeah, mm. and you know, she wants his honeymoon. He wants to go to the Vulcan forges and hike f- through a desert or go mountain climbing on Andor. She's like, fuck that noise, man. Just put me in a big fancy honeymoon suite with room service. But then they get a Cardassian spy that wants to defect and the whole thing felt very fishy to me and like you should run this by intelligence because this is obviously a trap but apparently it's not or they don't have time to do it the- well i actually thought that they did a pretty good job of whenever they're in the shuttlecraft and the cardassian comes on the screen mm-hmm. they do a good job of telegraphing that this is a, a legit spy oh yeah yeah right because he's Cause, so because he was so fucking cranky and yeah, yeah, and yeah so yeah. fucking put out about it, like oh shit he, he's racist and cranky yeah yeah that klingon <laughs> jesus you had to give me a klingon it's like it's like oh would you rather a trill it's like uh and the when he turns the tables on her and calls her like stayed in her ways like yeah because you have to sleep on the same side of the bed every night and she's like what you have to eat you know he they, it's just like little domestic squabbles between them and I know plays out pretty nice, and mm-hmm. and then they have to go in three days to go pick up this defector on this jungle planet, and it's basically Worf gets the honeymoon he always wanted, which is just like a laborious endurance. It reminds him of him and Paul Sorvino climbing up the Urals. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. This is the only reference to Paul Sorvino's character outside of that episode. Uh, yeah, that, I was just waiting. He's like, oh, shit, we got another soccer story, boys. But I'm like, no, <laughs> this one's fine. <laughs> I killed four <laughs> other guys with playing soccer. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I was going up the mountains. Yeah, no. It got, no I didn't. Worf does make a reference at the end to when he was a boy and hearing the stories of, you know, Klingon weddings and whatnot. So, oh, that's yeah. So I thought we were, I thought we were gonna get something along those lines too. But yeah, the most we get is like when I was hanging out, when I was hiking in the Ural Mountains with my brother and my dad, I would hear all these wolves because they hear animals in the distance, like mating calls. And there's one closer, and it's like, oh yeah, him and Dax are in the jungle. They've got all the sensors turned off, and they're just tracking by their wits, basically. It's like, oh, that's 500 meters away. Oh, it found the mate. Oh, those animals are about to start fucking. <laughs> oh, I wish, remember when I was a boy, and I used to hear the wolves in the mountains, and it was, I wanted to run away and be Mowgli in the jungle, basically. But then they hear, then something makes the space wolves, or whatever the hell they are, cease their copulating and or mating or dance or whatever and run away and oh shit there's some Jim Hadar that have uh, chanced upon their little campground with their LED stove so they have like a quick gunfight with the Jim Hadar they shoot to him and Worf gets to throw his knife into one's chest and as much action scene as you can afford and this kind of stuff that's like when he threw that knife into the chest of the guy it worked pretty well for me and actually that knife throw is kind of mirrored by the end of the episode when he throws it into a tree. Hmm. If you want to look at it that way. But in the fracas, Dax gets hit and she's got like a plasma burn that won't disrupt her shot to the abdomen. 
it missed all the major internal organs, so there's no damage to the trill or whatever, but it's got an anticoagulant, so she's just bleeding out, basically. But they're still like two days away from the rendezvous point with the defector. That's a really great weapon. That's an interesting. Yeah. Like I thought. Yeah. I thought that was a that was an idea bigger than what they allotted for it. You know, like I think that that that's a cool idea. Is that their whatever their blasts are, it, it has an anticoagulant element to it. Because that that you know obviously like fuck a fucker up. But like yeah, yeah. You know, every now and then they have these these ideas. They give these dominions these devilish weapons i actually think it's from the forever war oh oh is that oh you yeah i think so right who's who's the guy that wrote the forever joe halderman okay well their weapons it's not only an anticoagulant but it also turns you gay right is that what (laughs) that's right that's right (laughs) oh right no 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 uh the the price of of war was going to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, oh the wages of the wages of war no. <laughs> war what is it good for <laughs> turning people gay <laughs> uh, anyway yes but i think i think that sometimes they come up with these cool ideas but i I imagine it's because they read some science fiction. Oh yeah, Ste- <laughs> yeah stealing yeah, yeah. ideas is fun. It's it, it was it was it was a new idea to me, Ronald D. Moore. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I haven't read the Forever War, and I probably won't. <laughs> well, it's probably one of those things where they're sitting in the writers' room. They're like, "Why can't Worf just like you know wave a lipstick run a magic over?" Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so after she's shot, he's like, "God." Damn it, because she, she was giving him shit like, this is not the wharf I married. My fiancé was a humorless bitch, and now you've developed this sense of humor. And he's like, ha-ha, yeah, this is the new me. I have jokes now. I have a sense um, of humor. That is a mm. jo- there's, a, there's several good jokes in here that I didn't... No, I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. That's fine. But after she gets shot, he's like, oh, I'm so stupid, so stupid. I, I, I tried to change who I was, and, and me telling jokes was what let, made me leave my guard down, and that's why you got hurt. And she's like, are you blaming me for this? She's like, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming myself. And, you know, that that was, you know. Just being know. a pleasant person is from the, for the fucking birds, man. <laughs> right. But, you know, that kind of domestic squabble is like, what, are you blaming me for this? No, I'm not blaming you. Tone down. I'm like, I'm mad at myself. Like, nah, well, you telling me that I can't do this? Like, no, you can, do, we can, you know, and. And then she's just kind of mad at him and was like, well, fuck it. Let's go. I'm going to I'm gonna do this. I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then, you know, they, they keep on the march, and she is not doing well. Makeup artist does a good job. Terry Farrell's doing a pretty good job, of, I think, of being wounded. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, completely, she's completely believable in this. I thought, you know, of telegraphing that she wasn't going to make it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, are you going to make it? You know, like, give me those painkillers and I'll follow you to the gates of hell. <laughs> just, <laughs> just keep the kratom coming. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you got there was this one moment whenever they agreed that Worf needed to keep on going mm-hmm. and that, you know, he was going to come back to her and then he said goodbye to her. Mm-hmm. And he gave her like a, like a business, like pat on the <laughs> shoulder. Did, yeah. did you guys catch that? I, yeah. I yeah. Did. Well, and then she's like, "Give me one last kiss before you go," and then it's, sure, yeah. right? I, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fold into that for a not a critique, but just a conversation at the end of this. But yeah, I think that, yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. Weird, the weird pat on the shoulder. Well, I think it's in, I think it's intentional. I think it's, oh, it totally yeah. was intentional. It was okay. like, yeah, I'm, uh, yes, we are, we are workmates, and we made a workmate yeah. decision. <laughs> uh, this is better for the team. Uh, yeah, I'll be going now. <laughs> yeah, it really felt like that. Yeah, you know, and she's like, he's like, look, you know, the mission says I have to leave you here, and I really don't want to. And she's like, no, I'm an officer too, man. I get it. Go. It's been it's been a great two months. So in the beginning of this episode, is it that is it the reason that they're together on this mission solo? It's because like staff terrain, is that right? Yeah, because yeah, they wouldn't have been put on the mission together if they weren't forced to due to everybody else being gone is that right okay I, yeah i think i mean they haven't decided to keep them separate or anything and and then you know from the conversation that kira gives them in the office is like everybody else is go- it does seem like everybody else is gone because 
there's a mm-hmm. war on, and he's so in the like under normal under normal circumstances, they wouldn't have put these two together on this mission, right? Is that what you're led to believe? You're not to believe under normal circumstances, it wouldn't be a consideration to keep them separate. But if it comes up, it's why not? They haven't. There's not a reason to. Well, there. I mean, there is. Well, there but is, but it's not until the end of the episode. I guess I'm saying that it, I have. We know that married couples have dealt with a bit of. This can't be the first time this has come up. There has to be some sort of Starfleet res- regulation on this kind of shit. I mean, and it's the first time the writers have wanted to write this story, but it's inconceivable. That it's the first time it's ever come up. Well, like Riker and Troy, and they've people have been in relationships. And the, like they're supposed to be mm-hmm. evolved humans and and be beyond this stuff. And their Starfleet training is supposed to be what guides them, right? Starfleet training is supposed to make you let your spouse die while you go catch a spy. To you, yeah, you're supposed to finish the mission. I mean, I don't know. What to yeah, tell. I mean, you're not. You might not. But you're not. You might not wrong. I just okay. I mean, like I'll. I, I I'm feeding that into a bigger sort of yeah, conversation I mean, later. But I mean, I don't know. I only know that it, it's not until the very end of this episode where it becomes explicit that you cannot work together anymore. You know. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just... The the episode treats it as if this is, like, new ground. And I get that it, it probably is now, like, because, you know, when this was written in 1997, there wasn't a lot of active duty combat females. So it's probably... It hadn't been something that had come up a lot. But, I yeah. don't know. It can't be the first time... There's, there's got to be some... I don't know. It's yeah. It's weird that they wouldn't have regulations for this. There's... Anyway. I mean, yeah. There's a, it, there's a little bit of plot contrivancy that they're together mm-hmm. you're right in a fully realized world there'd be like why are you come on you didn't see that coming yeah but you know it's like this is the story they're i mean doing. even dunder mifflin has a form that they have to fill <laughs> right. out when they're going your to de- your love letter or was it what did he call it the declaration Decl- of love <laughs> love yeah that's what you're saying james is that story-wise there should have been the dunder mifflin declaration of love like they've, uh, they've, protocol. they've gone through hr they everybody was there at the wedding right <laughs> just something about the, something about the theme of this episode doesn't sit right with me but i don't i don't have it all laid out yet so i don't want right. to i don't i don't want wade to start yelling at me before i have all <laughs> yeah. my ducks in a yeah. row get your ducks so. in a row or i or i will yell at you james no <laughs> you're gonna yell at me no matter what but probably, probably. I, so your problem your problem is that this organization's been around for 200 years and you feel like there should have been some like hard and fast rules not that, that not that's not my problem my problem is that i don't know Okay. Well, let's just get uh, put a pin in. Yeah, we're gonna get to the end, and then after I already unpack it, and then we're just gonna have to go, and then I'm gonna have to say, like <laughs> yeah, I yeah. said, right? right. <laughs> I don't so, want to do that. Uh, okay. So. Well, okay. <laughs> so he's he's like, all right, I don't want to leave you, but you know, I got to because one, you know, I'm I'm Worf. I'm all about my honor and duty and stuff. And she's like, no, it's okay. I get it. Go. And then he's going, and then we start getting the telltale heart basically in the woods where it's the beating of the heart is mm-hmm. i saw it before i even remembered before they even made it explicit i was like oh it's just like the beating heart from the marriage ceremony oh yes yes whereas the boom boom the klingon heart starts beating so hard but at the same time it's just because wharf his heart's beating because he left his wife behind and he's he's going to meet the guy and he just can't take it and he throws his knife just like he did into the chest of that Jim Hadar, but it's into a tree. And he turns back, does a fireman carry over his shoulder and takes Jedzia back to the ship because he's if I can get you back in surgery in forty five hours, you know, I think you could live. But he can't do that if he travels another twelve hours to get the guy. So he makes a choice. He has a Change of heart, I guess. And he takes... <laughs> this is stupid fuck. I gave the writers credit at the beginning for trusting the audience. And now I take it back. <laughs> fuck those guys. Yeah. So he gets back to the station and, and Bashir has, has gotten over his loss in Tongo and he's operated and she's going to be okay, he thinks. And then... <laughs> For as much growth as Worf has had, we still get a Worf no talking down from the captain, which I think this, I when he was gone early in the episode and Kira had to talk to him, I was like, is is Avery Brooks not in this episode at all? I was like, no, no, he's getting his one scene, but we're saving it till the end because it's a good scene <laughs> where he's, you know, like, look, as your captain, I got to tell you, you made the wrong choice, buddy. Like this, you you know that, 
that spy we had could have potentially saved millions of lives, right? And he's like, yes. Uh, you know you fucked up? Yes. I. But you know what? I had a vision. You know, it's just like the Klingon wedding ceremony. The Klingon heart cannot be denied. I wanted to do my honor and everything, but there's no way I could turn against the Klingon heart. I had to save Jadzia. And you know what? I'd do it again. I don't care. And Cisco gives him, you know, the dressing down as, as we're at a fucking war, as he should, to his officer that fucked up. And he tells him, I feel like Riker got this speech at some point too, but like, you know, uh, you fucked up and this is, this is going to go on your permanent record. And because of this, this is going to have repercussions, motherfucker. Because of this, you will probably not be offered your own command because you can't make the hard choices. But you know what? As a man who once had a wife, if it were my Jennifer out there, I would have done the same thing. Then he goes back to Jadzia as she wakes up. There's another good joke where she's like, Worf, is that is that you? Or whatever. And he's like, yes, we have met. I know you. We have met. You know, and she's like, oh, shit, I got you in trouble. Like, I've been in trouble before. And he's like, oh, you know what? He has. You know, he had Galron turn his back on him and exile his family, and he took that with aplomb, I guess. So he's like, you know what? Fuck he, it. Was, he was what court martialed once or extra, whatever, extradition right, right. hearing or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and then the, the banter between them was like, oh, I know your career and your duty is everything to you. It's like, well, no, you know what? You mean more to me. I love you or whatever. It's like, and he's like, well, okay, well. And then he's 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 got a sense of humor back. And he's like, you know, you, you could thank me for saving my life. And he's like, oh, thank you for saving my life. And, you know, uh, and you could say that you would do the same thing. And she, her like, oh, you know, I got to think about that. My career duty is pretty important to me. And that was a fun joke. And then you could say that I love you. And like, yeah. And then, then it's a nice, a nice ending, I guess. I don't know. The end. <laughs> so... I like their their humor, but their sarcastic kind of comebacks against each other felt real. Like, my relationship has a lot of those. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. So I get where the story started. I get what Ronald D. Moore wanted to... The story that Ronald D. Moore wanted to say, which is he wanted to put... Because it doesn't seem like... It seems like up until this point, their relationship hasn't had a lot of sacrifice or at all uh, or and maybe that comes off as not like there wasn't a lot of buy-in like if three episodes later they just get divorced in a b-plot like you know maybe that would have made just as much sense to people right because they haven't had the i mean they haven't spent a ton of time on this couple right and the the buy-in is she did yeah julian even says in the b-plot well i, I thought it would last a month <laughs> yeah so i get that you want to put them to the test. You want to put them in a crucible and to see where they come out and you want them to make the right decisions and come out on the right side. So that's not the plot that, that part's not the part that bothers me. There's something weird about the scene at the end, the Cisco scene where I feel like that it's really, yeah, yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about it that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, I'll tell you what's weird about it. Because I feel like that it's the Starfleet putting the focus on the wrong thing. Well, that, it's 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 a workplace thing that happened at work. Yeah. So I I don't think that's but what it is. It's the same feeling that I get when my kid who never gets in trouble when they get in trouble. It's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever you got to tell mm-hmm. the kid who who clearly fucked up and that they they did wrong, mm-hmm. and it's the kid who never does wrong, and it's it's kind of a weird feeling. And Cisco has is we was wearing that expression on his face. That sort of like befuddled, well, if it was somebody else, I'd be dressing them down right now, but yeah, you know, and I feel, you're harder on yourself. Yeah, and I feel <laughs> like that it, what it, I mean, the ultimate, the the point of that scene, the, the, the philosophy of that scene is that in military, you victories in war are paid for through the currency of death. So you sometimes have to let people die in order to win. And that's true. That's not that's not a not fact. But it seems to be that they are openly saying that saving the life of a person under his command, not just his wife, let's I mean, 
it's not like he's a cop who left like a murder scene to go save his wife or something. She was under his command and she was injured. And so he chose to leave the battlefield to save her life than to pick up this spy that they needed so that they he abandoned the mission wait, wait a minute wait, wait, real real quick she was under his command i thought they're they're both commanders and they were both of equal rank and both on the same mission someone's got to be a commander right i just but assumed no they were both commander they're commander well, commander <laughs> they're a partnership who, james who, who filed the paper who filed the paper marriage is a partnership there's not like a leader you know <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. Either way, either way, he made an executive decision. If they're they're co whatever, he made a decision under his command. Yeah, yeah. To to save her life. So that is. I mean, it seems like somebody would have been the mission leader there. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, let's say it was him. Like, I kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, I refuse to call him. I I think that it was under his command once he was the once only she one was incapable. Right, 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 right. Right, so, but I refuse to believe that he was in command yeah. over her. I, you believe she was in command of the mission? No, I, I, he, yeah. no, no. no I mean, not, they gave two. They gave two people equal. Equal. They gave like you. You two go do this. They did. Yeah. Story wise, they didn't say you're in charge or you're in yeah, charge. Yeah, and true. they solved all their problems up until then. By consensus, i.e., going how fast they go through that bullshit little little thing, the little oh, yeah, yeah. rock storm when they're flying and they're impressive. Everything's. Do you think I should go faster? Yeah, go faster. Yeah, you know, it was everything was expressly shown that it was through consensus. But what if it was Worf and O'Brien? Well, then it would have been Worf outranks them. Yeah, Worf outranks them. I know. These are I just questions but, of rank. I guess, but rank. But even if two people of the same rank are on a mission, they there is a well, mission commander. My point is like, it but doesn't, nonetheless, that's not even. But my there point. was not a mission point. commander. None of that is my point. None of that is my point. My point is, is that he made the decision to save a life over to finish the mission. Yes. Yes. And I don't know if that would get you court-martialed in any. I don't. I just don't know. I think that in that. In that situation, yeah, it really doesn't. It does, he doesn't it, get court-martialed. It doesn't because of a techni- because of a technicality. What's the technicality? That they didn't want to, because that would require them to uncover all of the. Yeah, they didn't want to mm. like. It's a secret mission, uh, and right, the, right, right? Right. He's like, but uh, the, even that even that line was just speculation. We're like, I don't know if the even a secret. He said he he hmm. couches it in a language that like doesn't even say you would be but getting this, a court-martial. Yeah, he he says even a even a secret court-martial. You mm-hmm. know, like. So I think that the worst thing that happens is that he's probably not not going to get his own ship later on in life, right? And because this, of this one thing, and that he isn't really. No, I know, really, I I know. I just I just felt like that it it was Starfleet not having it has this like having a very severe war mindset that I think was tonally he abandoned he abandoned the mission to save the life of like a crew member yeah and Starfleet is all about the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and this is millions to one that's the wrong call from a strategic I mean, point of view, I, I get, yeah, I get what I get what you're saying. I just don't feel like that that would have been something about that seems off to me because it is, you know, I don't know. It, it, ultimately, wars are about saving. Uh, you know that that unit cohesion works better when you end up saving people's lives and you work together and you trust the people underneath you to to to, to save your life. And so they didn't try not to get the guy. That just didn't work because the need to save her life interceded. Right. And she is, I mean, who knows? I mean, she's a vital member of Starfleet. Who knows how many millions of lives she could have saved? It's just a hypothetical the other way. But it's so. But it's not. They were tasked with a mission. Mm-hmm. It's very, and he abandoned it. I just think that I, I don't know. I, like I, the success, I'm the not success rate that, for his his mission, he could have still very well successfully done the mission if he just let her die. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, just, everybody knows he's capable of doing that. Yeah. I don't know. Something about it is just it seemed like it was totally wrong. That dressing down part. And I think it was because they wanted to give the decision stakes. They wanted to make him pay a price for for making the right. you know making the I mean what is the right call yeah yeah you know yeah. you that's the he made the right call sure we all we're all right. glad that Jadzia is still he, alive well <laughs> except for Terry Farrell. Hey, everyone I, <laughs> because of my I have this streak in me that is just not I'm not 
a joiner or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so Star Trek is a little bit of a. I get conflicted sometimes with these stories mm-hmm. because I all, sometimes I want to say you could shove this bullshit organization up your ass, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And this, I'm this, I'm the same way about these moments. Like, well, fuck you and your bullshit organization. I wanted to save my wife, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that by doing that, it makes it seem it makes Starfleet seem small. I don't know. And, and well, and, the only repercussion is is that he's not going to become a captain. It's going to go on his permanent record. No, I'm not talking about the stakes. I'm just talking about what, the way it, that makes Starfleet seem, and the way that Avery Brooks attacked that with such venom towards him. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't. This, it's the same kind of Picard would have done the same thing. In fact, in that season seven of TNG, he's worse. But that's the thing about it's an organizational yeah. weakness like that. I mm-hmm. feel that's what I'm saying. It's a, yeah, that's... but it's not new to this. It's like it's been it's been in Star Trek. It's not like it just showed up in this episode. I know, but whenever we have a fantasy show about an organization that we're supposed to like, it's sort of whenever you feel animosity towards the organization, yeah. it, it's working yeah, against I, its. I feel like I feel like you're getting at what I'm. Yeah, like I feel like maybe you're feeling what I'm trying to say. It's something about it makes. Starfleet seem really, really fucking petty and small. I'm not on the same. I'm on. I'm not on Starfleet's side about this. Yeah. Like we, we, we should still have a Captain Wharf show. We don't because of this one episode. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. Like that. I'm not even. I'm not worried about the price that uh, Wharf had to pay for it. That doesn't. I'm unconcerned with that. I'm concerned with like just that it does make. First off, that they didn't have the foresight to see that this should be an issue. Is that when you make like, like I said, you've got two hundred year, two hundred years of this organization, and this is the first time. Yes. Well, I would imagine if you're going to head candidate up, there's some bullshit bullshit rule that says that that you know people in a relationship serve at the pleasure of the captain. So like the captains are the ones that are the best equipped to make the decision who you know what who gets to work with who in what capacity. I'm sure that's probably right. Whatever bullshit reg that you would want to come up story wise, and they the way the way that Jadzia and Worf and everybody talks about we're Starfleet. We know this is the how we know the rules. We know how Starfleet works. We know that you're supposed to complete the mission. There's no question about what the right thing for the mission is to do. It's to get the guy back and to let her die. She's resigned to that. He's like. You know what? That's what we're supposed to do. I'm going to do it. I'm war if I'm about duty, and then he can't do it. So it's like there's not any nobody's. But Starfleet is supposed to be something other than just another military organization that we watch on well, TV. This yes, that's well, that, the crux. That, that fell apart at the end of season seven of TNG. That too, is though. my point. That is absolutely my problem with Star Trek. Anything post original series. My problem is I, I struggle with the Federation or Starfleet, rather, as a military organization. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything has been militarized. The exploring aspect of it is not... Gone second fiddle a little bit. Yeah. It, it, yes, it's taken a back I just seat. don't... I, I, th- this episode ends with the main character of the show, like the heart and soul of the show, telling a husband that he's disappointed that he didn't let his wife die. But he said he, he can't... I get that, I get that, I get that. But his ultimate thing is he's pissed off that... Oh, he didn't seem pissed. Yeah. He just seems... He actually seemed reluctant to, like... It seemed like a... It wasn't like a real dressing down. It was seemed, yeah, it he's like, like, I'm giving you the dressing down that I'm required to, and I'm not going to, like, couch... Well, then, okay, so then they... Humanity evolves to, evolves to a, another shitty place to work in. Yeah. That's my. That, that, I think that that was the thing that worried me. The I feel way. that way about the about Starfleet a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah, but I mean, it's like Starfleet is, for better or for worse, it is a military organization founded on these principles and to preserve this way of life. Sometimes you got to make the hard calls. I'm always weary of anything that says preserve this way of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a soldier, we know what we got into, that whole thing. That's also, you know, that's problematic, sure. You know, I, I recently watched the Data episode where they want they had like their Starfleet orders Picard to dismantle like hand data over mm-hmm. so he could be dismantled. Yeah. And uh that's that's another one of like you can you you and start you can kiss my ass, Starfleet. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. fuck you. Well, okay, like you could easily see that Spock would say, Well, maybe for the good of the mission we need to let Judd Zia die, and Bones would fucking chew him out and Bones would be right. Sure. 
And Worf and, is right in this too, but you still, it's, I mean, I don't, I mean, this isn't, this is the Star Trek that we've it had. It makes it seem less special. It makes it seem less of a special place. But, yeah, I mean, but it it's consistent with the Starfleet that I've known exist. It's not new to this episode. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. This didn't catch me off guard. This isn't something that, Starfleet's always been like this. Well, for... I, wait, wait. Have they, have they, as a, has a soldier ever been dressed down for saving a life? I feel like, yeah, like like I said before, like a few minutes ago, like I feel like season seven Picard was just as hardline, if not more, than Cisco. What was that specifically about saving a life? Uh, I, I don't, it was, I, it could have easily been. Uh, it was about like uh, Michelle Forbes identifying with the Maquis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, Riker letting her go, and Riker makes a different call. You know, like he's all heart. That's a little bit of a bigger picture than just actually like saving the life of a Starfleet officer over catching like a Cohen. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just it seems like a fucking weird. I mean, Spock is the biggest example of that. Obviously, like sacrificing himself and Jadzia. But that's his decision to make. Well, Jadzia makes the same decision in this episode, though. Mm. She's like, go on and let let me die here. And they both know she's going to die if he completes the mission. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it was a weird, you know, a part it was of a weird tone. That scene was weird. Like if that scene wasn't there, that would be different. I, but I, it was see, that they was dressed down. It just made it seem so fucking. I don't know. I, I liked the. Even if they had an admiral, even if they had a FaceTime call with an admiral and mm-hmm. Cisco was just in the room and the Admiral was saying the exact same thing to, to Cisco and Worf, it would feel differently. But because it came from Cisco or yes, Space Dad, yes, yeah. it yes. feels different. And it, and it was a little bit of the kid who never gets in trouble gets in trouble. Yeah. That's the feeling of mm-hmm. it. I think and it's the, you know, it's the reality of being in a war and you have to make those decisions. You know? And a lot of the appeals to the original movies was basically Kirk and, and his crew knowing what Starfleet wanted and saying fuck that we're gonna go yeah, get yeah, our yeah, friend yeah, anyway. had yeah. Sulu had Sulu karate chopping motherfuckers and, <laughs> right, right. To, and stealing ships to go get Spock and stuff I mean that's that's the true true it's community over mm-hmm. the right. organization that's what I, that's what I, I think is that but that that's something that we inherently sense as watchers of movies is that what we do for our families and I, I mean that in the in the Fast and the Furious way, not the most literal way. Right. <laughs> that what we <laughs> what we do for our right, family. It's about family. Is, this this is, should have ended with a grill and Coronas. <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. That what we do for our what we do for the group, what we do for 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 the people around us, that's what builds camaraderie and that's what wins wars. See. And and I, I and I understand the tough call. I've argued that the show doesn't do the tough calls. And I would say that it would be different if we're talking about the Bajoran resistance versus Starfleet. But the magic of Star Trek is supposed to be that it is our best selves. But when it's just another fucking take a bullet for the register fucking job. See, but I don't know. Like it, it seems like it, it's pulled if out Star of the if, if Starfleet had a no chase policy, you'd feel better. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because that's yes. at least humanitarian. Not to that Cardassian. <laughs> See, but there's always been conflict. There's always been conflict with the strategic wind of Starfleet regulations and everything. And I feel like if Cisco wasn't at all like Cisco is doing his job as being a good captain by dressing him down. And but you get to play both sides where he's like, you know, like I know I have to dress you down and tell you all that, but you know, I'm telling you straight up, I would have done the same thing and I would have taken the like dressing down like you're taking it now, like forcefully from my superior, and I would have seen his point, but at the same time, I understand why you made what you did. So for me, it wasn't like Cisco didn't seem compromised, really. And I don't know. I thought that scene, it's like the scene the last time that he had to dress Worf down with the. But that was right. That was actually making that, that saving lives and being precautious was. But he makes the point like we're Starfleet. Yeah. Every one of us is willing to die to save those civilians and that's the choice we make so he's not contradicting himself at all he's giving the same speech like as start we're starfleet officers if we have to die to save a ship full of people over there we do it and if jadzia had to die to save a million people that wasn't the situation but it, that's the what the, the that's quote from the speech that's a theory that's, that's a theory that's what that he a, gives get... he says we're starfleet if we have to die to save people we will do that we that's a... that's not what jadzia was dying for she was dying to get the information for someone that theoretically could have saved lives but they 
they say you know that would that would have saved it. It's not a theoretical thing in this episode. It's not explained as that. It is very. It is very. They much say his information so, could save millions of lives. It's that. not like maybe. It's that's. But that word is no. He says could. You just said. But could. it's not sold. It's it's not. No, it's not like we have a good idea. But it's like this this information will save millions of lives. That's the conceit of this episode. That's why it's the hard choice. I mean, that's that's what I don't know. I don't think I'm crazy to say that's what this episode was selling, that it's millions of lives versus Dead Zia, And that's the choice that Worf makes. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't you know, no one thinks that Worf made the wrong call here, do we? No, from a strategic point of view, he did. I'm talking about you. No, Wade. but I, I'm not saying... So there you go. But No, but I'm also saying that he's exactly right for getting dressed down for it, because it's a complicated... Yeah, I, th- I thought that... The, I thought it was proportionate to... Yeah. I thought it was the, I thought it was proportionate to what he... He saved an officer's life. The mission got foobarred. Uh, but, you know, all, all he's going to lose is some command later on. Mm-hmm. It's really no big deal in the in the big. Oh, it's not the, again. Again, it's not the scar to wharf that I'm arguing about. But it's st- the it's something about it's just kind of odd tone. I don't know. You're spending a lot of time on some nebulous tone feeling, so yeah. That's what we talk. About? I, that's what I watch the show about. I mean, like I'm saying that there's something about it that that makes Starfleet seem small to me in that in that regard. But I, I, yeah, I could yeah, see, I could that, see but that. that. Again, I would argue it's the same Starfleet. I, I get the same feeling when I watch a dozen other Star Trek. Yeah, episodes. but I don't think that's intrinsic. That's a problem with Starfleet, not with this episode. We can make a. I think we could we could make a Starfleet feel small uh, playlist. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah. I mean, uh, should we talk? I mean, but it is a problem with this episode because it's written by the writers who wrote the episode. I'm saying it's a thing within but the I'm episode. Sa- I'm, so. I'm saying, uh, I, thought, I think I thought the ending was appropriate. the The amount of small smallness Starfleet had in in this situation was true to the story and and mm. proportionate. Do you know in the books that Worf has never had a command because of this? Of course. The Are you kidding me? In the books, that's that's the case. Yes. Yes, and Esri even expresses that she's upset that she outranks Worf because of what he. Oh, did. I read the damn book. I remember. <laughs> if Wolf, I think that does come up in uh, Destiny Part Three. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I forgot that scene where she's like, "Oh, I, f- I feel bad because you know what? I, I you know what happened I to f- me. I forgot <laughs> I read that first book. Yeah. All right, where do you guys put Change of Heart on your re- rewatch meter? Um. Let's see, I put last week's at an eight, and this one's going to go above it. So I'll say, we're just working in single digits, aren't we? And we're not doing point fives or anything. Shit. If you want to do a point five, that's fine. It's just going to no, fuck no. up my bar graph at the end of the year. But no, 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 I won't. Like, but I, it just means I have to put it higher than last week. So I should have put last week at a seven and this at an eight. Do you want? Do you want me to change last week? No, nope, no, 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 no. It's not written, so it's just a spreadsheet. <laughs> Wait, I could change. All right, you. well, no, you just put this one at a nine, and you can keep last week at an eight. All right, <laughs> James. Is there? Did you? Oh. Now he wanted to do points. Did you want to do negatives on this? Do you want to do no, negatives? No, no, no. This ain't that bad of an episode. I, I don't. I don't. I, I hate. I, I, I hate the dumb B plot, and I. And there's like a tonal issue. I don't know. This is. It's one of those things where it was just a pure rubs me the wrong way. But it's not like it's a ton of bad construction or anything like that that got us there. Uh, but on the other hand, I didn't love it. So let's say it's a. What? Since you've got numbers in front of you, what have I what have I given the three this year? <laughs> uh, you were cordially invited another Wharf. <laughs> I thought you loved Wharf, James. Man, you really don't like Wharf anymore. I do love Wharf. I do love Wharf. I do, I, I do love Wharf. Cordially invited is your only three. Oh. <laughs> Uh, statistical probability is a four. I give it a th- magnificent Ferengi is a four. Oh, is that the same as magnificent Ferengi? Yeah, it's the- well, I can't. I hate. I, I would rather watch this America. It's a four point two. No, it's a four. <laughs> All right, it's a, it's a four. Okay. Yeah, this, I didn't. I didn't. There was nothing I actively hated with about. This like is a it. five for me. This is like this is a bummer of like. There's no way to cut this episode up without it being a fucking bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't like bummer episodes. Yeah, there's very little actual teamwork in it. I think I just. I'm a little shocked by how much you like season six. I'll just say that. Me? No. No, me. Obviously, 
Yeah, I think the I think the writers for their you know waivers. I think they're they're firing. They know what they're doing now. They're comfortable writing this stuff, and it's you know it, even the stuff that's not perfect. It's for me, it feels like going back to season one or season two. There was so much to could talk about what doesn't work. These mostly work for me. Like there's, I feel like we could have. I'd rather be talking about what works and then going back on what we would change because I think most of this works for me, but there I'd rather figure out how it could be better than like tear it down as like why this is bad. Because for me, most of these are okay. Like this episode I like a lot because this is the most believable that Worf and Dax's relationship has ever been for me. Like why I how they work together. I don't disagree with well, I like the episode where the, the Cyrano de Bergerac episode. Yeah. The one where they get together. That's and that good. where they first Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just in general the season is and I think maybe we can say that the accumulation of the giant epic at the beginning mm-hmm. which yeah. as problematic as that had but the giant big epic where lots of shit was going on and shit was being changed for what ther- theoretically was going to be forever, except they botched the ending on that. And then we have this sort of archipelago of good episodes, of great of great episodes, like Far From Stars, and pretty in a couple of weeks we have Pale Moonlight. It is one of those things where, like, you see why they why it was always serialized or episodic, because once you start doing big, giant serialized things, it makes everything else seem pay- worse in comparison. And so I, I feel like maybe um, the highs were they couldn't they couldn't live up to the highs, and so it the drop seems further down mm-hmm. than it would have if they hadn't reached the highs that they did. What do you guys think that people of IMDb think of this episode? Hmm. I think they don't. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to go 7.5. I think they... I'll go 7, I'll go seven 8. Yeah, I wanted to go higher too, but it's like a... This is a 7.1 episode. Oh, okay. Oh, really? To you know, keep in mind, last week's episode, uh, Honor Among Thieves, was a 7.3, so... They, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, so, so there's a lot of, like... People like, like the like, Orion Syndicate story more than this, and I don't. I like this, fine. <laughs> and, that, I mean, it also shows that people just aren't... I mean, the sixth season is, isn't is really ringing with a lot of people. No. All that glitters isn't whatnot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at how, how shitty I think this season is, <laughs> all told. And so I'm, I'm trying to, like, wonder... Is it me or is it them? And this is one of those episodes where I'm I'm fine with it. This is a middling episode. I don't hate it. Yeah, this is a middling episode. Like I did last week. Right. Yeah. It's a weird place to be. All right. It is definitely weird. What's next week? Next week we have... Just, oh, by the way, this was the 500th episode of Star Trek. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. We have the Joy Division episode next week. Oh, Right. We learn a little something about Bajor mm-hmm. and Cardassians. And they play the New Order a lot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Man, I wish, <laughs> I wish that somebody's like, hey, Permanent hey, loud bump. hey, Rick, we've got this great song. Sorry, only sonic wallpaper. But come on, it's... <laughs> Bizarre love triangle. But <laughs> these people used to be in a band called the Joy Division. No. All right. Yeah, so I, we're not going to have much fun next week either. So Yes, we will. I'll probably end up loving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll... Yes, we will. Well, next week will be a podcast that people will want to come back and listen to. We will be having fun. Let's talk about rape. <laughs> I, I don't want to laugh at that. At least our episode of TV, our uh, podcasting will be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's there's good, there's a lot to dig into next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. All right, Wade. Well, if people want to get a hold of us and give us stuff. and Oh, if you want to give us stuff, you should go to patreon.com slash kickers of elves where we'll give you some stuff too. We've got a bunch of audio and extra podcast for the Hashies and Superiority book club and whatnot. But also, if you want to give us voicemails or whatever, give us a call at 917-408-3898. Yeah. And email at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. And give us clicks and views on, on all the other Kickers of Elves podcasts 
like the Hashish and Superiority Book Club. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us next week as we go through another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three doing out. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes. We're gonna get more calm and normal. We're gonna fix our state of mind. We're gonna be less crazy. We're gonna finally be fine. We're gonna stand holding hands in a brand new land. Far away from the borderline. We're gonna seem like a mainstream podcast. And be appealing to all Trek kind. We're gonna have more fun and be less weird than the first two years combined. And we're gonna live forever. And we're gonna sleep together. And we're gonna finally be sunny and shinily. We're gonna finally be fine. I have a sense of humor.